Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Are you ready? Say with me, Holy Spirit, I'm ready to receive all that you have for me. Holy Spirit, I'm aware that your power is here. Let the sick be healed and let demons be expelled. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, you may please be seated. We had a great time last week and we're about to take it a notch higher. Listen, there is an urgency to demonstrate the power of God in our day. And if you don't do that, a lot of good people will suffer. A lot of good people will suffer. There's a wonderful lady amongst us, you know, last week as we're ministering. A demon began, began to speak from her. Right in the service. Said, I don't want to go. I said, what do you mean you don't want to go? Do you know who I am? My name is Emmanuel Iran. She said, I've heard of you. I'm sure you have. She said, I don't want to go. She has a bright destiny. I said, well, you know, she will serve the Lord. And now you're going to leave. Out. Hallelujah. And you see, I can't get over stuff like this just thinking about people with a great future that the devil is trying very hard to sabotage. And that's why in services like this, it's more important to teach you who you are than to just minister to you. Do you understand? You have to know who you are. Because even 1,000 pastors can't get the job done. Even 1,000, even 10,000. It's not even the will of God. God wants a church flowing in the manifestation of his name from the pulpit to the pews. I told you that last week, right? And so you see, we started from a text, 1 Corinthians 12, 1, where Paul says, concerning spirituals, I won't have you ignorant. Meaning, there is no room for you to accommodate a kind of Christianity that is void of power. There's no room for that. Listen, it doesn't matter the denomination that you grew up in. All those things just, I mean, came to be by the misunderstanding of men. There are really no denominations in God. There is one faith and one baptism. Come on, are you with me? And one name. And so it's not a preference issue that, oh, in the church I grew up in, they didn't really speak in tongues. It's not about your preference. It's not even about your temperament. Oh, I gravitate towards a church that is more solemn because that's who I am. It's, it's not about that. It's about what the word of God teaches. And Paul says, I won't have you ignorant. God wants you to flow in the supernatural. Not just to see a pastor flow in it. Not just to believe in your man of God flowing in it. But he wants you to flow in it. Listen, it must be something that you must embrace vehemently. And listen, if you look at yourself and you say, well... Me flowing in power gifts, flowing in revelation gifts, I don't really see myself that way. You're not the first person. Almost everybody that God used in the Bible 
had an excuse not to be used of God. They tried to persuade God. When you read about the call of Moses, he tried to talk God out of it, trying to persuade God, this is a bad idea. I'm a stammerer. How do you expect me to talk for a living as a stammerer? I'm a prophet. I'm a stammerer. You say I'll be a prophet. Are you trying to tease me? Are you trying to mock me? Of all things in the world, you come to a stammerer and say you'll be a prophet. You, you, you want to mock me. And God didn't, I mean, he wasn't going to budge. <laughs> what about Jeremiah? When God came with this grandiose call and said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew thee. He said, I'm but a child. I'm just a child. And God says, say not that you are a child. I've made you a prophet to the nations. So it doesn't matter your shortcomings, your background, whatever excuse for which you think God cannot use you, your past. There are many examples of people. You know, Paul told the church in Corinth, he says, you see, brethren, your calling, how that there are not many mighty, not many noble, not many wise, according to the flesh who are called. Hallelujah. He says, God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Meaning everything that you think disqualifies you is more reason God is going to use you. So that when you start flowing to the power of God, everybody will know this must be God. Because they know you, 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 you that even struggled with mathematics. Dissecting the word of God like this, it must be the grace of God. Are you with me? And that's what is going to happen in your life. Your world will see the glory of God through you. Hallelujah. You will be the reason why many people will stop doubting the power of God. <laughs> All arguments about the existence of God will end when you show up. Say amen like you believe. So this is very important. So the word of God shows you what you are capable of. You know, just picture this. You go to a gym. And a gym instructor tells you, he points at a weight of 200 kg. And he tells you, you can lift this up. You can do a deadlift with this. And you say, me? Ha, I can't do this. And maybe you even try. You try and you can't do it. Many of you, that's how you approach the things of the Spirit. When God says, this is who you are, this is what you can do, you try and it doesn't work and do, then you give up. There is something called exercise. A wise person will go again the next day and go again the third day and go again one week after and go again two weeks after. And as he continues to do that, he gets stronger. And from lifting 10 kg, he lifts 20 to 30 to 50 to 100 until he can see in his life a consistent experience with the provisions of the word of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? So don't just excuse yourself and say, ah, I've tried this thing before. I've prayed for the sick. They, they even fell more sick. <laughs> I prayed for the dead. They died more. Keep at it. Hallelujah. The Bible describes the word of God as a mirror. <laughs> and it says, we all with open face, beholding us in a glass, the image of God. As we look intently and consistently, consistently. What, it is, what does it say will happen? We are changed. That's what you do. You align your experience with the word of God, not the other way around. Keep going to the gym. Keep exercising your faith. Keep growing in God. No excuses. 
God wants to mentor you. Listen, God is such a phenomenal coach. Throughout the Bible, you see him make greatness out of ordinary people. And it's so inspiring how God does that. I've given you the, ex uh, the example of Moses. I've given you the example, you know, of Jeremiah. You know, but from the beginning of time, from the first man till now, you see God mentoring people in the supernatural. So right from the beginning of the Bible, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. You see, there are two things you see about the creation story. First, you see God bringing beauty into chaos. Isn't that true? Bringing beauty into chaos. It says the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. The Spirit of God moved over the face of the deep, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. That's beautiful and wonderful. God is bringing beauty into chaos. Let the waters above be separate from the waters beneath. Let the firmament appear. Let the waters below be gathered in one place. Let dry land appear. You see him bringing order into chaos. The next thing you see him do is he begins to name things. He begins to name things. So he called the light day. And the, the, the darkness, he called it night. He began to name things. He called the land earth. He called the waters sea. He began to name things. And I said all of this to say this. All the things you saw God do, he began to mentor his creation, mankind, to do the same thing. It's beautiful. So, even though God had a plan for the whole earth, he created just a garden and gave man the responsibility to make the whole of the world look like that garden. That's bringing beauty into chaos. And he said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. He gave man dominion. We see God, who is so secure, he wants his creations to walk in power, to demonstrate authority. He put him in a garden to till it, to continue to beautify. So he gave man an example to continue in. And then this is the part that I can never get over. He forms animals and then brings them to man. You see, you need to picture this. You've read it religiously all this while. Can you imagine the almighty creator God trusting man with this responsibility, bringing animals to man to see what he will call them? And this is the part that you make your knees buckle a little. He says, whatever name Adam called them, that was their name thereof. Listen, let me tell you this. God has never called any animal, any name that is different from what Adam called them. From that day till now, God has never called any animal anything different from what Adam called them. Think about the creator God. Because he gave man dominion, he honors that dominion. And will not see the animals any different from how Adam saw them. Will not call them any different from what Adam called them. Listen, oh my God. Some of you don't really understand God. You think because God is good, things are going to happen. He has given you dominion. Be careful what you name in your life. Are you with me? Because according to the divine order of creation, 
God will flow with your conviction. This is why it's important you learn about the supernatural. He has refused to call any animal anything but what Adam called them. Oh my goodness. Say amen if you believe this. So just like God, you see Adam bringing beauty into chaos. Just like God, you see Adam naming animals, mentorship in the divine. And then the Bible tells us, you know, about the prophets. He was brought to a valley of dry bones. And God asked him a very salient question. He said, can these bones live? You see, and this man responded in the same religious way many of us will respond. Oh God, you know. It's just like maybe whatever unfavorable situation is happening in your life, can it change? And you respond religiously, only God knows. You know, God said, don't talk like that. Prophesy to the bones. See, God is teaching him. Now, this contravenes the idea that when God sees something wrong, he will just do something about it. No. He has given you dominion. So now he's teaching the prophets how to talk, how to think, how to act. Don't just wait for what God will do and say, God, thou knowest. Mm -mm. He said, prophesy. Meaning, I've given you the ability to change things. Say something about it. Hey, and this is, oh my God, the word of God is so beautiful. And the man of God said, I prophesied as I was commanded. Hey, some of you here, as you learn in the word of God, who you are, you will prophesy just as the word of God says. And things will change. The Bible says there was a rattling. Bones began to look for their members. There was a connection. Until the corpses were lying on the floor. A mighty army but dead. And then God said again, prophesy to the wind. Listen, this means you can give direction to the Spirit of God. Hey! You can give direction to the Spirit of God. And say, oh wind! Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And again he prophesied as commanded. And then that breath came upon them. They rose up a mighty great army. That's your God. But you see, he's mentoring them in the divine, in the supernatural. It is so wonderful to see that at the creation of the world, God parted the oceans, said let the waters above be separate from the waters below. He did that for firmaments, firmaments to appear. Then many years after, Moses is standing before the Red Sea. And he tells Moses, stretch your hand. He's telling him what he has done before. It's a mentorship in divinity. A mentorship in the supernatural. Stretch your hand and command the ocean to divide. Don't forget, that ocean was part of the ocean that was divided in the beginning. It's the intelligence is still in it. It knows how to give way to the power of God. Are you listening to me? Listen, oceans know how to give way. Everything. Listen, the writer of Hebrews says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. There is nothing you see that doesn't have inherent intelligence to respond to the word of God. How can it not move when Moses stretches his hand? Did it not move at the beginning? Mentorship in the divine. And so, Jesus is walking one day. He goes to a fig tree. 
expecting to get fruit from it, but there was no fruit. And he talks to the tree. You have to realize how strange this must have sounded or looked. Just imagine you see your friend talking to a tree and giving it instruction from today. Nobody will eat. You're wondering, <laughs> are you all right, bro? Except, of course, you're used to what the Word of God teaches. And then they were walking past another day. And Peter exclaimed and said, Master, that tree that you cursed is dried from its roots. You know, Jesus didn't say, oh, why are you surprised? Don't you know I'm the incarnate son of God? Literally, I'm God manifest in the flesh. You see, there is this kind of mindset that we have that gives us the idea that the things Jesus saw, he saw just because he was the son of God. We have this exclusivity in terms of our perspective to the things that Jesus did. But Jesus immediately told them, he said, have faith in God. This is the same. Listen, let me tell you something. God is always trying to get us to do what he does. God is always trying to get us to do what he does. A natural carnal man would even try to form small and make it exclusive. You know, there are some of us, when we do things supernaturally, we like to act as if we are the only ones who can do it. We think we have more honor when there are fewer of us. God is not like that. God wants everyone to participate. Every pastor should have that mindset. I don't want to be the only one. I want the church participating in the things of God, in the flow of the Spirit. So right when Peter was acknowledging, oh, the tree that you cursed is right from his roots, he said, have the God kind of faith. <laughs> what is the guy, God kind of faith? He sees how God sees. It does what God does. He's telling you, you can do it too. If you say to this mountain, you think it's extraordinary that I spoke to a tree, even a mountain. If you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in your heart, you shall have what you say. Let me tell you this. It doesn't matter how many healing services you attend. If you receive a healing today, which you will, chances are you will need another one years from now. Maybe not for yourself, but for someone you love. One of the biggest gifts God can give you is a training in the supernatural. That Jesus, the Son of God, tells you if you say to this mountain. It's so powerful. He's telling you it's not only me. You can do it too. How encouraging that is. How encouraging. How encouraging. If you say to that sickness, if you say to that long-standing challenge, listen, all those negative patterns in your family, you can do something about it. See, let me tell you something. I'm talking about you. Are you listening to me? I'm talking about you. You can change patterns. You can turn around things. You can open prison doors. You can do it. I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about you. That's what he's trying to help you realize. If you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. He says, and you don't doubt in your heart, you shall have what you say. Do you know how powerful and encouraging that statement is? I can have what I say. I can have what I say. I can. So I look at the situations around me and I know I can do something about it. I can. I can. I can. 
So I'm changing your mindset. Some of you probably came to see what God will do. But God is waiting to see what you will do. I've given you the power. I've given you the authority, son. I've given you the authority, daughter. Put a stop to Satan. Cast him out of your home. Cast him out of your family. Bring a stop to that attack. Hallelujah. Someone started it, someone must end it. Are you listening to me? If you say, Kalabai, he says, I shall have what I say. Listen, if we say amen here, we've had enough. I shall have what I say. Do you know how powerful that statement is? I shall have what I say. Can you say that I shall have what I say? Say, if I say, I shall have what I say. Say it again. Say, if I say, I shall have what I say. You see, that's one of the things that faith does for you. It changes your perspective. Faith launches you into a new normal. You, you listen, you have to understand that possibilities and limitations are context-specific. I've given this example before. In this place, if you see someone begin to levitate, you will think it's strange. But outer space, we will all levitate and it won't be strange. Do you understand what I'm saying? So what we have as our perspective of possibility is context or environment specific. When you inject the presence of God into the same environment, aish, the possibilities change. And that's what faith teaches you. See, it says by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God and that the things that we see were not made by things that do appear. So when God is mentoring you in the faith realm, you have to see that there is another realm. And that realm has possibilities. I have to have a supernatural reorientation about what normal is. So in the natural realm, it is not normal to talk to trees, but not in the spirit realm. Because in the spirit realm, everything was created by speech. <laughs> everything was voice activated. So what do I do? I renew my mind. I realize that my grain can hear the word of God. I realize that fibroid can hear the word of God. I realize, Are you listening to this? That the things seen were not made by things which do appear. That the words were framed by the word of God. By faith we understand. That's what faith does. It changes your understanding about possibilities. It changes your understanding about what is possible. That's why Jesus talked strange. He talked strange. He goes to a burial. The reason why people are crying in the burial is because from a natural realm, it has ended. The person is gone and he goes to the burial and says, she's sleeping. Do you know what faith does? Ah, ha, 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 ha. It just downplays the possibilities, the impossibilities of the natural realm. It downplays it. The natural people saw a dead girl. Jesus saw a sleeping girl. And he just went there and said, young lady, arise. The same way you will wake up someone in the morning. Oh my God, are you with me? That's what faith does. This is the real new normal, not the one that the pandemic brought. You see, one of the most prophetic things 
that has ever happened in this ministry is that two years ago, the camp meeting, the theme of the camp meeting was new normal. That was the new, and I was teaching supernatural reality. By the next month, the phrase new normal was the most popular phrase in the world. God had already prepared us. So by the time the world was trying to introduce you to the new normal, talking about sickness and how you should prepare yourself for it, God had already injected in you the mentality that your own new normal is different. Your own normal is supernatural. Are you listening to me? He says, a thousand shall fall by your side. Ten thousand by your right hand. He says, but it shall not come near you. That's our own reality. Hey, hey, hey. He says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What did he say will happen? I shall fear no evil. Hey, Lamando Robo, why? Are you listening to me? Beautiful example I heard someone give years ago. He says, you come to the throne room of God and you see beings with seven eyes. You don't see stuff like that on the earth. But the fact that you don't see it on the earth does not mean <laughs> that's how it must be everywhere. You see a lion with eagle head. All those things are in your Bible, in the book of Revelations. Are you getting what I'm saying? That means in the realm of the spirit, you must realign your perspective of what is normal so that you can flow with God. So that when God tells you to talk to something that is dead in your body, you will understand it is actually perfectly normal. It is your understanding of normal that is wrong. <laughs> Not God's understanding. It is your understanding. Because you have to understand the natural man is falling. He wasn't meant to die in the first place. He wasn't created to be sick in the first place. So it is our understanding of normal that is lopsided, not God's own. So you renew your mind so that you can function with God. And so he's teaching you how to talk and how to function. He says, if I say, I shall have what I say. One of the first lessons that my talk is not, information, is not just for information. My talk is, my speech is not informative, it is creative. If I say, I shall have what I say. <laughs> I'm not a newscaster. There is a creative power when I speak. Creative power. Creative power. Creative power. I can't get over it that someone can be sick and you tell the person something and then the sickness goes. Medically proven. That's our kingdom. That's the kingdom of God. <laughs> say with me, say that's the kingdom of God. Say with me, say I shall have what I say. So in this service, you know, I just want to arm you with a mentality so that you can war. For the Bible says he teaches our fingers to fight, our hands to war. Some of you, you have to understand there is a system, a divine system of response to challenges. So you don't just start crying. When the doctor says, oh, you will never be able to, you know, you respond from the natural realm. That's how you jeopardize miracles. You have to see first and foremost through the lens of faith. Through the lens of faith, someone who is called dead can be sleeping. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh -huh. For with God, nothing shall be what? See, the reason why some of you are in despair 
is because you are thinking from the natural realm. Thinking from the natural realm. So you have to renew your mind. Let me tell you this. That Mark eleven twenty three. I know I'm co quoting most of this text offhand. He says, if you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and you don't doubt in your heart. What did he say will happen? You shall have what you say. There is a caveat here. He says, and you don't doubt in your heart. I wish I had enough time to explain this so that you know what I'm saying and what I'm not saying. But here's what you need to know. The Greek word for doubt is diakrino, all right? D-I-A-K-R-I-N-O. And that word is a very interesting word. In many other places, in some other places, it's used for to discern. Because listen, when you want to judge a matter and people bring different perspectives, it seems like figuratively in your mind you dissect the matter and you see it from different angles, right? Come on, are you with me? In fact, the Bible used a similar figure of speech when it talks, to, talks about the word, 2 Timothy 2.15. It says, rightly dividing. Do you understand? So there's a way you need to dissect things, see it from this angle. When you're settling a quarrel, oh, this is where he's coming from. This is where she is coming from. But this word used to dissect matters, used to discern matters, is translated as doubt in Mark 11.23. Why? Because even if dissecting matters, seeing it from different angles, works when it comes to settling conflicts, it is very wrong when it comes to faith. <laughs> In the faith realm, you don't examine different perspectives. You embrace one. Only the word of God. If you have different options, it is not faith. You have only, it must happen God's way. Ay, 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 ay. Did you hear what I said? So this is how you build your faith. You have to eradicate any contrary voice. See, this is what Paul was teaching. He says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God, 2 Corinthians 10, right, to the pulling down of what? You know, some people use that for warfare prayer and for casting out witches. But listen, he says, casting down imaginations. So the strongholds are not witches in your village. The strongholds are not jars, you know, in your village. The strongholds are what? Imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the what? Knowledge of God. So he's telling you, ah, yeah, 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 that sometimes, either through bad experiences or false teaching, there is a stronghold direct in your mind. And so... When the word of God is taught like this, there is now a contention. Some of you, as I'm teaching, the devil is telling you, what about this time you prayed it didn't happen? What about this time? That's a stronghold. Are you getting what I'm saying? Guess what? Diacrino was translated as contention, stronghold somewhere else. Acts 11.2. It says they contended with, with Peter. Why did you go to Cornelius' house? They contended diacrino. So that fight, that contention in your mind is what doubt is. So not only must I be building my faith, I must, I must shut my mind from... The Bible says to guard your heart with all diligence. Guard it. 
That Greek expression means to put a policeman, you know, is a customs officer. There must be a customs officer in your, in your mind. You know the way there's a customs officer in, in, at the border of every country to determine what goes in and what comes out. There must be a customs officer in your mind to determine what goes in. Because when you want to function by faith, you want to function by the Spirit. Hallelujah. And so the possibilities of God, it's a training to go to a burial and say she's sleeping and people laugh at you and you don't mind. It's a training. Some of you, even if you wanted to act by faith, by the time they start laughing, that's where it will end. Because you care what people say too much. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's a training, the consistency. And because you are learning, even when it seems like it didn't work in the past, you keep at it. You know what the Bible says? It says, Abraham staggered not, diacrino, that's the word. Staggered not at the promise of God. He did not diacrino. Staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong. <laughs> so listen, faith involves consistency and tenacity. Strong in faith, giving glory to God. You come up, you know, come to a point in your life where you decide nobody will ever persuade me that God doesn't work miracles. Nobody. You can't talk me out of it. I will never stop trusting God for the miraculous. Never. Never. This is my life forever. I refuse to be ordinary. If it is my provision in God, I'm not going to settle for less. He staggered not. Staggered not. And this is what you need to know. I wish I had more time to explain this. But when the Bible says doubt in your heart, what is it talking about? In the natural anatomy of man, your heart, can your heart doubt? The purpose of your heart is to pump blood. It is your brain that thinks. Maybe your brain can doubt, not your heart. So when he talks about heart, he's talking figuratively about your spirits. Heart in the Bible is a metaphor for spirits. So, that's, so you need to know, doubt can happen in your mind, but not in your spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? Make sure it doesn't get into your spirit. Because strictly speaking, when the Bible says Abraham staggered not, when you read the story, it seems like he staggered. But guess what? Diacrino, the contention, he didn't allow that doubt to win. How do I know? He still didn't change his name. As in, when he changed his name from Abraham to Abraham, he didn't for to save image, change it back. Hallelujah. And that was a statement of faith. That was still consistency. Insisting he was still father of many nations. Are you getting what I'm saying? So yeah, you might see some fluctuations in your mind. Keep the word of God in your spirit. Inject the word of God in your spirit. And you shall have what you say. I want to ask you a simple prophetic question. Are you ready to have what you say this morning? Are you ready to have what you say about your health? Are you ready to have what you say about your career? You know, your church defies logic. People literally don't understand. How are we able to do what we are doing with so much ease? You know, has it occurred to you that we have churches in countries that I've never stepped into? Has, it, has that occurred to you? 
We have churches in places that I've never been to. How? How? <laughs> By faith. Hallelujah. We pay about five million on rent weekly. It's okay, have you? Weekly. And yet, we have not called professionals to collect money from you. Uh, is anybody here who will give you 10,000? 10, anybody here? We don't. You don't <laughs> Hallelujah. Why am I telling you this? Just so, because some of you, when God says do this, you first examine the reasons why it won't happen. It can't. You listen. God has to change your mind. You have to wash that mind with high soap and then with the blood of Jesus. Then sprinkle hypo also. Hallelujah. If God says it, do it. <laughs> Once the water is dead, you jump. Hallelujah. Are you ready for that? I'm saying this because even if it's a healing service, the Lord is telling me there are some of you who are going to take radical steps in career, in ministry, you know. And because faith is the same faith that can be applied to different contexts. Something is about to rise in you. Hallelujah. So when God tells you, leave your comfort zone, leave your kindred, go to a place I will show you, you go. Are you ready? Yes, Don't forget what I said. There are many angels here. And angels do work with your prayer. <laughs> they do work with your prayer. They swing into action. They are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who are heirs of salvation. Anybody like that here? Are you an heir of salvation? So as you pray now, something is going to happen. Yes, so I'm teaching you. You are going to say, because he said, if you say, you shall have what you say. Stand to your feet, please. So listen, this is the plan. We demonstrate our faith, then we give glory to God. All right? That's what Abraham did, right? We will say, and then we will praise. Thank you, Jesus. Say this with me. If I say to any mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, I shall have what I say. Say this morning, I have what I say. I have what I say. I have what I say. So listen. Listen. How many of you feel the anointing stead right now? See. So, that I, I wish I had enough time to teach you. When you stir the anointing like that, it is time to speak. It is time to speak. It is time to speak. So, go ahead and be the prophet of your family, of your business, of your life, of your health. Do it from your spirits. Do it from your spirits. If you are sick in your body, place your hand on yourself and say, in the name of Jesus, I command this sickness to go. Call it by name. 
Call it by name. Call it by name. Call it by name. Call it by name. Call it by name. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.